to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Podcasting <laughs> begins. Um, hell, uh, hello, motherfuckers, and welcome to Pod Damn America, the Gothic Socialist Podcast for the stupid children. Today, uh, I'm I'm Jake Flores. Today, I'm Jake Flores. I've never ensured this podcast right. And hello, <laughs> and Anders Lee is here. Anders Lee here. Good day. Um, we, come on! I have kids. Do that to I'm our sorry. Guests. That's the that's the etiquette, right? I think that's called being polite. Oh, I yeah. guess. I feel like I've been accepted into your Thank culture. You, You've been accepted into mine. Yeah. <laughs> Anders removed his top hat just to start the podcast. Uh, you can't when you do podcasts with people. You can't do bits about their country. They've heard it all. It's like making fun of somebody's name. All right. <clears throat> and I'm Alex Patek. There you go. Um and special guest, why don't you say his name? Because I don't, I wasn't listening. We asked how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very special guest from the Bunta Vista podcast, all the way from down under in Australia. Please welcome Ben McClay, everybody. Ben McClay, hey, and that even, <laughs> and his name, <laughs> and his name rhymes with g'day. That's perfect. God damn, g'day Ben McClay. You're gonna get us killed, Anders. You're being the worst kind of racist right now. <laughs> I think most importantly, it rhymes with gay, which is what I was told the most when I was a kid. Uh, I think that's the crucial one. Yeah. Is that how gay men cruise in Australia? Do they? Go, <laughs> I'm gay. They just have a name, but yeah, yeah, that's it. G'day, I'm gay. All right, all right. No more. <laughs> I have nothing to add to whatever this conversation is. <laughs> no more is. good day jokes. Thank you for joining us from the other, uh, from Down for, another uh, another continent. From the other side of flat Earth, or are we disproving flat Earth? How does this work? I think flat Earth wise, we're like we're not too far away. We're crazy far away from South America, but relatively close to North America. Uh, if by flat indeed, Earth rules. You're right underneath. Yeah, we're right next to each other. You can poke a hole through the earth, and then we can talk to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in the beginning of Event Horizon. Remember that? Okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> huh. Alex, you want to take this away? I have no idea what we're talking about today. Sure. Okay. So we wanted to have Ben on because you may not know this living in the United States Snakes of America with nice. three Ks. But um, Australia has been undergoing a doozy of a bushfire season uh, to an mm. extent that even I in my stupid podcasting towers have caught wind of it <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, something that I think we should be talking about a bit more Ben talked about it a lot on uh, Bunta Vista a few weeks ago and I caught wind of that um, do you want how would you describe the current situation in Australia Ben uh, grim probably first and foremost uh, if you look up the pictures, the sky is like a uh, Devil May Cry color. It definitely looks like the Vegas part of Blade Runner 2049. Uh, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> everywhere except where I am, which is quite nice. Uh, I'm relatively like well insulated from it at the moment, but the fire season has been going for four months now. So we got some at the start, 
everyone else is getting their ass kicked now. Uh, but like, this country is usually on fire at this time of the year, so it's not entirely surprising. What makes this particularly bad is just everywhere being on fire at the same time. We've burnt something like 17 million hectares so far, which is the equivalent of the size of... I don't know, I did actually look up a list of countries to see where we're at, which has become, like, the national pastime to be like, which country's size worth of fire impact have we had? I think we're at Tunisia at the moment. Uh, Damn, this is a real geography challenge. (coughs) Yeah, (laughs) most of the countries don't sound very impressive yet. I'm waiting until we get to, like, one of the big European ones, and then I think we're in business. Who's number one? In country size? Yeah, what do you mean? With the fire situation. Biggest fire Um, ever record? New South Wales has had the most damage done to them. They've been really fucked up. Uh, And they're still burning at the moment, as is Victoria, as is parts of Northern Territory. I think there are even still some parts of Queensland on fire. Like, most of our states are either currently on fire or have recently been on fire. Uh, They have this nice map that they'll show you if you go on uh, BBC or something, if you're just mildly curious to be like, here's a nice uh, little cartoon cutout of Australia, and the red is fire, and the whole thing is red, and you're just like, oh, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great feeling, and it changes basically every day, uh, because like uh, intensely burning fires are almost entirely weather dependent more than any other factor, so if the wind changes, your fire will just completely move where the wind is going. And that and is one of the downsides of fire. Um, <laughs> one of the downsides. <laughs> one of many. <laughs> First of all, too hot. But um, I guess the only question I have about uh, this to start this off is you said there's usually a bushfire season. Around mm-hmm. how much fire are you like normally expecting to see? And is there any kind of like containment that usually happens? Yeah, so usually the fire is sort of like a, a thing you see in the distance and you go, huh. There it is again. Oh, it'll there's be a fire. Like out on the outskirts of town or it'll be out in regional areas and it'll be contained by generally volunteer firefighting crews or by national parks departments. And that sort of containment generally happens either in advance. We do these things called hazard reduction burns where you go through and you clear out sections of the country that you know are going to get on fire. So you light them on fire first so that the fire can't get to them. How do you get that you, job? That uh, sounds fun as shit. It, I mean... Weirdly enough, it ends up with a pretty high concentration of arsonists because of, obviously, the... Uh, <laughs> People love a, that. There's a, a jobless thing that's like, do you like to set it's shit just, on fire? Would you like uh, this flamethrower? It's almost entirely podcasters. It's, yeah. it's very poorly run. It's a bunch of 14-year-olds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the difference between that usual sort of seeing it off in the distance and being like, that's not going to come towards my house, is that these these ones have been burning for such an extraordinarily long time and just going through population centers and fucking shit up because the country last year we had the, our hottest year on record, like the hottest year that's ever been recorded for Australia and also the driest year that has ever been recorded for Australia. So the whole country is basically made of like old film stock and tissue paper at this point. Like yeah. you put a match near anything and it'll just light the fuck up. Wasn't it like Oof. 115 somewhere? I guess Fahrenheit. You probably not use Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's a that's a meaningless number. <laughs> that sounds big, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but we had like our hottest temperature, the hottest single temperature ever recorded in the country was 49.2. And if uh, whatever that works out to, probably oh, 115. Man. You're probably right. God damn. Too hot. So there is There is some dispute, as I understand it, between like some people who are... Uh, attributing like, oh, this climate change is a factor here. And then others are saying, oh, no, this is just a unrelated issue. 
Um, what do you think? What role do you think carbon and, and the broader climate change scenario is playing? In <laughs> Will this? you oh. deny climate change on our podcast? <laughs> well, but there are, you know, yes there's a, no. there's a, a tendency to like attribute every bad thing that happens to climate change. And like, hmm. I mean, it seems like clearly that's a factor here, but the, the real cause behind it is a little more complex. Well, is, that, it's, is that fair? <clears throat> I heard th- uh, through the grapevine that the conservative takedown there, like one of the fake newsy types of takes is that, oh, no, it's just there's a lot of arsonists this year, but it's... Uh, Not the ones we pay, the other ones. It's particularly <laughs> hot, right? And particularly dry. So this is a weird... It would be weird to argue that it's not climate change, right? Well, there's like... So there's three different takes on this. The most prominent one is the arson take, which has, like, been picked up by, like, fucking (laughs) Americans as well. Like, you'll see a bunch of MAGA accounts under every Australian news article about the effect of climate change on the fire being like, uh, actually, it's a wave of super arsonists. Maybe look into the cause of the fire. Like super predators, but with uh, flaming balls of things. Yeah, Yeah, they've got a match in each hand, doubling their efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Uh, good because conservatives are really good at coming up with, like, um, caricatures of, like, the boogeyman. You know, all the MS-13 guys coming for you or whatever. But, like, the arsonist, that's a fun new one, you know? Antifa is throwing milkshakes (laughs) that have fire in them. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, it's it's Australia's local milk people, as Trump calls them, who are starting these fires. (laughs) Is that what he I do remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It seems like a million years ago, but it was like (laughs) six months ago. Right. But yeah, so the the whole thing is that basically one of our like biggest and theoretically most respected newspapers came out and was like, ah, there's been 183 people arrested with arson so far this fire season, which was a number that turned out to be completely made up. But Mm. it's kind of irrelevant, like, basically for the last 20 or 30 years that we've been trying to get stats on this, the research has shown that about 87% 87% of fires are man-made, like, all the time. 40% of those are arson. The other 47% are people that are like, I was drunk and I started a fire in my backyard, or, like, whatever. And that has kind of always been the case. Smokey These the Bear start. shit. Yeah, absolutely. See, maybe if we'd had Smokey the Bear, we wouldn't be in the position we're in now. I'm ah. sorry, do you but, not have Smokey the Bear? Got you. No, no, we don't. We have uh, not even some like cheap ripoff, like crazy. You don't even have koala. Smoko the wait, bear. Wait, wait, wait. Smoko the bear. <laughs> right. Wait, there's a fucking Mitch Hedberg joke where he goes, he goes somewhere and he goes to some other country, and they're like, we don't have smoke. I think it's like England or something. He goes, we don't have Smoky the bear here. We have Smacky the frog. <laughs> oh this? yeah, no, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, fuck. He was tried that? to warn us about this very moment. <laughs> Smack you, the frog. Once again, thank you, Mitch Hedberg. (laughs) The reason I guess this is occurring to me as something funny is like they assign different officers in the animal kingdom to different countries. Right. There's a council. Whoever the fuck is supposed to be working down there is asleep on the job. Right. Probably a freaking koala. R.I.P. All koalas. (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty much all gone. It's uh, just cool. Yeah, they really. We did a number on those. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the, the shocking thing about this, and I, I guess this just speaks to just how much people care about, uh, quote, the environment or animals in general in public, but uh, the general number that they're estimating of wildlife lost in these bushfires is a billion, over a, a billion, with a B. Yeah, and that's that's just in one state. That's just in the state of New, Th- New South Wales, they reckon that's over a billion. New South like, Wales is like 
less than I'd say less than an eighth of the country's area. And it's cool. beyond That's the tight. human mind of comprehension. Wow. <laughs> if you told me like two thousand, I would picture twenty five animals. That's where my brain like tops out. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah, that's a pretty big number. Man, yeah, I hope they were yeah, like over just ants. Billion. Well, that doesn't include insects. That count is just birds, oh reptiles, and mammals. Oh my fucking god! Like I haven't been able to think of anything else. And uh, uh, your your whole country is also a climate change denier government. Is that right? Do, do you think that's yeah. accurate? Yeah. Although they're they're doing that sort of slow pivot now. Like so, the whole narrative so far has been. You know, wow, these don't have anything to do with climate change. So this is for the Prime Minister, right? There's like, you can sort of plot three points on the chart where he's gone like, no, this is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous suggestion. How dare you at this time? Blah, 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 blah. And then after like every part of the country turned to fucking ash, he was like, you know what? Climate change has definitely had an impact on this. And I've always said that. And then he's come out in the last couple of days and just been like, but we're not changing any of our emissions targets because that's absolutely useless. Uh, we're changing to a resilience strategy, which I assume means building like Judge Dredd style mega cities, yeah. pulling everyone out of the country and just putting them into those. Yeah. If the ground is so steel, it can't catch on fire. Yeah, a city in a bubble that's <laughs> surrounded by fire. That's cool future dystopia yeah. shit. It's yes. going to be great. Really looking forward to that. So, just to clarify, is your contention then that, yes, most of these fires do start? via clumsiness or no good nickism, but the reason they spread is because of uh, dryness, aridness that are things that are brought on by climate change. 100%. Yeah. So okay. the ignition sources have always been mostly man-made. That's kind of how this country's worked. A lot of it's like uh, dry lightning strikes and stuff will generally start them, but mm -hmm. the ignition sources are kind of irrelevant. Uh, fires start here all the time. What's made this difference is how they've spread, how they've managed to sustain themselves, the the level to which the fires have built up as well and what's changed that is part of it is because we're in a drought currently and those are natural cycles this country goes in and out of drought all the time because it's a hell world that no one was meant to live in uh, but the cycles and intensities of those droughts have been affected by climate change we're also being heavily affected by uh, this other weather system called the indian ocean dipole which is another cycle of like water temperature that surface ocean temperatures lowering and raising that's getting more intense thanks to climate change. All of these conditions are partially part of a natural cycle, but it's one where if you chart it over the last 100 years, it's getting dramatically worse. Uh, there was this guy, he's like the one guy that ends up getting interviewed for everything to do with climate change in Australia. He's a, a climatologist called Dr. David Bowman, his name is. He's talking about how like all of the modelling you can do to look at what's happening to Australia is perfectly consistent with what they've measured, which is like a one to one and a half degrees Celsius uh, rise in our climate over the last hundred years. And that has fucked us up. Like that has just completely fucked this country. And that is like, it's like a degree. You're like, oh, that's not so bad. It's right. real bad. I mean, we're aiming for four still, so... <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Also, when all those uh, trees catch on fire, that uh, adds to it. So, yep. that's good yep, to think that'll about. Do it. Oh, yeah. And it also, it, like, in addition to the carbon release from the fires, which is super cool, uh, trees absolutely they do an amazing job of, say, keeping ground temperatures cool, of trapping yeah. moisture in as well. So we're creating hotter and drier conditions the more trees burn. 
it's a nice little uh, feedback loop that I'm sure will result in my house. But it's just down. good. And when Ugh. you get the Justin Trudeau line of "We'll plant a billion trees," that's the tweet. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to help when they're all on fire. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bummer. Yeah. There's one story here that I have been completely unable to remove my mind from since I read it, and uh, I I know because I tweeted about it all week, and every single one of them bombed. Uh, No one gives a shit about this, but uh, New York Post article, and you can tell me if this is exaggerated or this is actually happening, but um, Mm -hmm. the title is, Australia will have snipers and helicopters shoot thousands of camels to conserve water. Fuck yeah. That rules so So the climate change reaction is to fucking (laughs) dome a camel from a thousand meters away with a 50 caliber rifle. They do keep water in those humps. (laughs) That's That's true. No one is arguing that, Anders. I've seen Popeye before. I know that that happens. (laughs) This is the same job fair as the arson. It's right next to the arson. Intent camel sniper from a helicopter. I hate that. Uh, that's that, well, a that's, job. That's definitely a real practice. Uh, like I've got friends that have worked in the parks department or still works in the parks department. Then their like animal control jobs have been like, yeah, they just gave me a really big gun. That's just like sitting there fucking murking crocodiles, <laughs> taking out kangaroos, dingoes. God. Just found the most majestic creature I could and blew its torso to pieces. Uh, <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait, hang on. Explain to me, it's like I'm dumb. Why are they killing them? Like, I'm glad you asked. Okay, so uh, I got <laughs> the article up Just, here. Uh, <laughs> is there the whole problem that all the animals are dying? Um, so the camels supposedly consume up to 30 gallons of water at a time. And they are camels? So it stores in the hump, mm-hmm. and then they can just suck on it for a while and do some camel shit. Um, but instead of <laughs> taking any kind of proactive response to improve the situation, um, and the f- despite the fact over a billion animals have already died, so it's already going to get a- rid of a lot of the competition for water, uh, they want to get rid of more of the competition for water, so they're going to kill... Uh, four to five thousand camels because they're uh, sucking up all the water <laughs> with sniper rifles from helicopters. God damn, that's so fucking weird. <laughs> it's the most upsetting so this- thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> there are some animal species that we're not super upset about going. So, like as you could maybe guess, camels are not native to Australia. I had a feeling. Uh, I yeah, I didn't know how to feel of them were introduced. Uh, ages ago, and then they just went absolutely fucking feral. There's like thousands upon thousands of them in the middle of the country, like destroying native grasses, fucking up the ecosystems of other animals. So, like, I mean, sure, I, I wouldn't personally light a camel on fire. <laughs> a bunch of them, you know, if it happened, I wouldn't well, be super sad about it. Well, it sounds like I'll, it will uh, really just happen if you leave the situation alone. <laughs> <laughs> I will quote you on that, first of all. I wouldn't personally light a camel on fire. Um, but what about this- mongooses? This is reminding me of something yeah, I read about, which I you don't know anything about Australia, so you can tell me if this is total bullshit. But I, a friend of mine did a podcast, and I listened to it and told me about it. We talked, whatever, about um, this emu war. The emu war. The, so the, the great the, emu war. The, this is a real thing, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Like they, that was in- absolutely 100% real. Ben is now removing his hat. <laughs> so, <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, full of heroes, the emus. <laughs> or they won the war. Um, they did. So that was another if situation. If you're Vietnam. That was, yeah, <laughs> was another situation where foreign animals introduced the environment and, like, they had to kill them because they spread like crazy? Is that what, well, what emus, happened? Emus are native to the country. Oh, uh, okay. So... 
emus were not the aggressor in this fight they were this is their <laughs> home this is their territory that a bunch of like british colonial troops bought in like hand crank machine guns to try and just slaughter this giant aggressive population of emus and the emus were just like fuck you man just like dancing around completely untouched by the bullets because of their wiry little bodies they fucked them up i think i read that what happened is like maybe something that they eat was introduced like they were extra rabbits or something and then that caused the oh, population to grow rabbits yeah rabbits uh, fucked this country up we've introduced a lot of animals that have just absolutely fucked the shit out of this country rabbits deer feral pigs feral cats uh cane toads cane beetles we're just like hey this will be nice here oh foxes foxes fucked our ecosystem up as well that was nice is anything Everyone in just australia kept like, supposed to be there no, and last of all, people uh, definitely yeah. not. No one is meant to be here. The most dangerous foreign-introduced animal of all people. Um, I've got an article about this fucking evil war up, and it just there's a quote in it. It's the funniest thing ever to me from a veteran of the. Uh, the emu war has said there's only one way to kill an emu shoot him through the back of the head when his mouth is closed that's <laughs> how hard it is wow um this is unrelated uh, and the head is so about. skinny too because they have that like it's a very small head they have that dilbert ass head yeah it's got to be wild out there <laughs> you got to get right up next to these motherfuckers and absolutely down. wild <laughs> got a hitman to... style back of the head <laughs> silence pistol birds. that combined with the sniper helicopter you know camel thing it's just god damn dude it's a Turok country I don't think you guys are supposed to be down there I think it belongs to the animals no and I think that's the lesson that we're learning like one of the biggest problems we've had with the fire is like uh, it gets harder and harder to do these hazard reduction burns because as Australia grows we grow more and more outside of the cities into places we were just never meant to have big urban populations so you know you end up in this situation where you're like okay cool you're in a fire corridor now and we can do nothing about it because your house is there now right good luck <laughs> that like seems a, like I was what a, Los Angeles is yeah yeah, for like a number of reasons. Let's go to the place where there's no water and fires rush through all the time. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Let's build one of the biggest fucking cities in the world. In California, they do the same thing where they like spin the you know the statistics. Go oh, well, it's man-made, but it you know a fire obviously is usually going to be sparked by something that happened from a human. But the the fact that the environment exists where it, the fire can spread is proof of the climate change, right? That's, yeah. yeah. So obviously that's definitely deceptive. the thing now is people doing the like galaxy brain genius take of being like uh how did the climate start a fire uh and they think <laughs> that's like the end of the conversation like oh good Whoa! point it's you, fascinating you to me what like what ways maga people and uh conservative media will like just bend reality to make their thing true mm -hmm. it it's very powerful. Yeah. I guess uh, my question to you right now, because, you know, the fires have been going for so long and uh, they've been, you know, so un unprecedentedly huge for a few weeks. What is the general public reaction to this? Like I saw Scott Morrison, the PM, has taken a 9 to 10% hit in his approval rating in just the last few weeks because he was on vacation for most of the fire. Yep. He, he definitely... Uh there's like, I would say that the mood in the country is just like depression at this point. Like fucking everyone's exhausted by this. It's been going on for so long. So many of the major cities have just been like blanketed in thick, toxic smoke where like going outside looks fucking disgusting because everything's a sickly yellow, but also you can't breathe 
So even in major cities, which are generally like super insulated from this, everyone is just like, holy fuck, this is the end times. And the prime minister's response was he went to Hawaii with his family and then was like, well, you know, that's not such a big deal. And then two volunteer firefighters were killed when a tree dropped on top of their truck and crushed them. And he was like, oh, shit, maybe it is time to come back. And then when he came back, he acted like a complete fucking alien to like every single person that he went to visit in the bushfire affected areas. There were two videos in two days of him going up to someone who had just had their fucking house burnt down, trying to shake their hand. And then when they refused, he just grabbed their hand, like forcefully took it and shook it. Like the man is just a fucking <laughs> empty shell of a person. And people are just like, oh man, um, this kind of sucks. <laughs> Look, I know you're upset right now, but don't leave me hanging. You know, he was doing some like quick fucking calculations in his brain to be like, what looks worse? Going for like a creepy hand grab or having a handshake refused? And he just erred on the side of just being like some weird gropey guy. Dude, he's yeah, terrified of the photo op where his hand is reaching, but the other guy is frowning. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen to you as a politician <laughs> other than like head. being caught midway through eating something like the Ed Miliband fucking sandwich photo. You don't want <laughs> yeah. that. I guess, I guess my, I'm, I'm sorry, but I guess the only follow-up thing is there's been no pushback. There's been no like, okay, we have certain demands of these reforms on a federal level because it's a state of emergency. Nothing like that. Yeah. I mean, there's been uh, like a much more vocal push for getting our shitty conservative government to acknowledge that the impact of this has been climate change, which has kind of actually worked, but most of the political response to this has been just a real, like, knee-jerk sort of, well, we should get rid of the Prime Minister, and that will solve all of our problems, which is the same as, like, you know, you impeach Trump, you end up with yes. Mike Pence, and you're like, oh, great, where are we? Now we have someone whose IQ is higher than 80. Fantastic. Yeah. We are, are there very familiar with that <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, we impeached him, any, and like he's gone now. <laughs> is, is there a chance this will escalate in terms of riots, demonstrations, any like street movement happening? Uh, I mean, we're getting shitloads of turnout for local protests, which is mm -hmm. uh, particularly surprising considering that like every doctor alive in any of the major cities right now is like, hey, don't go outside and do anything strenuous. So, uh, <laughs> well done to the people that are doing it. Fuck yeah. Leaving the house. <laughs> oh, we man. just had like. Like yesterday, uh, we're doing the Australian Open. I think, I don't know, I don't fucking follow tennis, but like three of the competitors in the tennis all bowed out halfway through the competition because they couldn't fucking breathe. I saw that. They were like bent over having coughing fits and shit. And uh, I saw a clip of it online and everybody in the comments seemed to kind of agree on one thing, which is just, uh, hey, why are you having this right now? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we had shit where like uh, our fucking dead shit PM, like his first response to it before the one where he's like, "Oh, maybe it is climate change, and maybe this is unprecedented." Was like, "Oh, you know, we've always had fire and bloody. Why don't you just bloody watch the cricket?" That was like straight up what he said. He was just like, "Oh, you know, if we all just watch the cr cricket, that'll lift our spirits." And then we had cricket games where people got sick because of the air quality, and we also had cricket games where the fire was visible in the cricket footage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking rules. Don't you go outside yeah, this is... into the fire what and a, bring your bat. What a crazy <laughs> thing for someone to say. It's, it's insane. Just the man the like, cricket. His whole life, he's worked as a, like, in marketing, which is maybe one of the biggest red flags you can have about a person. He's just, his whole brain is geared around 
trying to sell these stupid little narratives that he comes up with yeah. that are based on absolutely nothing. His his whole thing, his whole prime ministership has been about pretending to be just like, oh, I'm just a regular bloody dad. I'm just a dad and I love dad stuff. And he's this weird <laughs> fucking super Model rich guy trains. who's like, it's he wears bad hats and he reckons that's how he's like <laughs> connecting with the middle of the country. He wears big board shorts occasionally and he's like, yeah, I'm bloody, I'm a regular bloke. I'm just a regular bloody guy. <laughs> it fucking sucks. It's a real I'm piece a- of shit. I'm all of your dad. What is- <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's his whole thing. You have to uh, like me. And he does it by ineptness. Like, his whole thing is a kind of aw shucks performance. Like, when he came back from Hawaii, he was like, oh, you know, I know you just want me there for moral support because, you know, I don't lead operations and I can't use a fire hose or whatever. And we're like, man, stop. You're the prime minister. You actually have some responsibilities here. It's not about being like, oh, I don't know how, how I can help. I'm just the head of the country. No one is asking you to use a fire hose. Use your army of people with fire hoses. <laughs> yeah, although what I think this is like about? some personal feelings of inadequacy he has because one of our former prime ministers, one of the like seven we've had in the last four years, uh, is a volunteer firefighter. And so there's constantly photos of him like using a hose. This is just like him being it's eating away at his brain. I thought you were going to talk about the guy who went out to sea and disappeared. Oh, he was probably our greatest prime minister. He really did what everyone wanted him to do, was just fucking disappear. <laughs> that, if the, imagine if that happened to a U.S. president. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Who would that be? I could see that happening to Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton? I feel like America would probably keep the search up for longer. I reckon Absolutely. we were like three days of just like, nah, I can't see him. He's, uh, he's awkward. Imagine right. like, Bill Clinton would end up in at an island, a particular island. I, yeah, yeah, small island, no <laughs> American Bill jurisdiction. Clinton, <laughs> if Bill Clinton, quote, disappeared in the ocean, I feel like he would have just, uh, that's just parentheses for the sex crimes came back and got him. It would be yeah, funny yeah. if he got, if Bill Clinton got, like, uh, outcast-style crash-landed, and then <laughs> he had the volleyball and everything, and he made a raft, and then it, it just kept- washed up on little St. James Island, and it's <laughs> like, like, I have to now, you know? It's, it's the scene... <laughs> it it's the scene from that movie with the volleyball, but instead of, like, yelling for it, he's just fucking yeah. volleyball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fairly insulting the people of little St. James if you don't abide by their customs. <laughs> <laughs> He's just living in the temple now that there's no one there or whatever. <laughs> um, one popular angle of uh, outrage on the uh, response to the fires is uh, the general reaction from the global elite and billionaire class and the amount they have not helped to mm. um, save any of the millions of acres that have lost. This article on Business Insider claiming 25 million hectares. Um that's a lot of hectares. That's a, lot. That's a heck of a lot. <laughs> heaps of hectares. <laughs> Again, I'm just picturing like 12 large Sorry, fields <laughs> in my mind. But um, God uh, damn it. Uh, Liam Hensworth and Nicole Kidman pledged a few hundred thousand dollars, which is like mm-hmm. something. But notoriously, they, they have a list on this article of every billionaire in Australia who donated. And uh, some of them you know, gave a few million dollars or whatever. But my favorite one is they have a donation from Jeff Bezos for $690,000. And someone ran the math on that. And that is the amount of money that he makes in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) 
What a dick. Cool. Makes- I love that he was uh, out-donated by Metallica. Nothing is funnier to me than that. <laughs> oh, god damn. He's happy that, it, that Australia's on fire because he, wa- he wants to go down there and eat the iguanas after they're... Uh, <laughs> it's true. He's going to pick them up off the side of the road. He's waging war. I have a question. Are, is, that, is that a thing? Are you guys going to eat any of the... Is, there, is any of this shit edible if there's a billion dead animals? Uh, not really. I mean, most of the animals... <laughs> We don't really eat koalas. Don't really eat kangaroos. Actually, no, we do eat kangaroo. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, if things get bad enough down here, I'm sure that'll be like our largest source of food. Aren't they just uh, like charred skeletons by the point where you get to them, though? Like, are you oh, yeah. Eat? There was a, a super depressing quote from like uh, an ecologist talking about counting the koala death toll in New South Wales and Ugh. being like, the fires are burning so intensely, there are literally no remains. God Which damn. is dope. Uh... Or they're all in those adorable uh, uh, holes in the ground. It's just like a nuclear bomb style, just a shadow of ash in the shape of a friendly <laughs> little koala. Yeah, just a koala outlined against a wall. <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking about? That one animal's letting all the other animals into their holes? Uh, that that turned out to be bullshit, unfortunately, uh, which was Damn the cutest it. thing in the world. But it was like just fucking egg accounts on Twitter being like, it'd be cute if this was true. And then reporters being like, well, it sounds like it's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was meant to be wombats letting other animals use their burrows, which was mainly based on someone seeing a koala crawl out of a wombat, bu- wombat burrow but there were no wombats in it. Wombats are fucking cute as shit, but uh, terrifying. They do cube-shaped shits, and also they crush animals to death with their ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that rules. Wombats. Mm, Hostile country. (laughs) So the coverage there domestically in Australia, is there sort of a consensus about this? Or I mean, I I just saw recently one of Murdoch's kids is mad at his old man's. Oh, the good Murdoch. Yeah. The good Murdoch. Yeah. 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 Although I think he's the mayor Pete fan or something. Um, (laughs) I guess better than the rest still. I have high hopes for this Murdoch. Um, what's the gist there is, is, uh, is there like, fair and balanced quote-unquote reporting happening about this or is it a pretty one-sided view in Australia? I mean, for the most part, it's pretty good. Like, uh, just about every outlet is pretty across the fact that this is largely climate change driven. We've got this huge... So Australia's media, like mass media, is almost entirely... Well, it's like over 50% owned by News Corp in some fashion. It's mostly Murdoch media. Uh, and they're like, there's a war for the soul of News Corp in Australia at the moment, where like True. their reporting uh, is like pretty okay. A lot of it is completely shithouse, but like a lot of good economic reporting and stuff comes from them. Uh, but their opinion section is just like where all of Australia's craziest racists all have jobs. So during the uh, fires, their fire coverage has been relatively good. They were the ones that put out the the fake figure about arson in the country uh which was largely driven by wanting to be contrarian to what the consensus was but at the same time the like editors like the board editorial board in charge of the largest papers are all sort of putting out these super defensive articles about how actually they're reporting on climate change they've always acknowledged it blah 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 blah. uh that's new york times actually did a big piece on um news corp sort of role in talking about the fire here but it's a weird one where these people that work in the editorial side are like, no, we're doing a great job, while at the same time their stuff's getting printed next to, like, 
Oh, if climate change is real, how come it's cold in the northern hemisphere? I'm going to <laughs> like, fucking kill myself. <laughs> this is yep. insane. How am I uh-huh. eating this snow cone on the floor of parliament? <laughs> how are we still talking about this? Australia's like most well-read colonist. Uh, well, that's his own claim. But he's like one of the major colonists in one of the major news court papers. He literally did an article a week ago that was like, Oh, oh, you think climate change is real? Then how come Australia is on fire and Canada is having a month early snowstorm season? Like, we're like, oh, I'm going to fucking murder you. Fantastic. I'm going to find where you live and I'm going to tear you in half. Cool. This kind of got buried in the news, but like in D.C., I'm in D.C., it's been in the 70s this weekend. Today it's a little cooler, but it's still like. 50s, 60s, 70s. It was oh, no, you saw a, a picture from two days ago that you had the first snow of the season, right? I saw that. <laughs> God, it's like, what do you do? Like the White House, I think they timed this. They must have timed it to come out yesterday or something. But yeah, they're saying it's they're just lying blatantly about it snowing. I just assumed that maybe they had had like some sort of weird harp weather control device ready to do snow on that day. So they'd <laughs> scheduled the snow machine. They'd scheduled the tweet, and then something went wrong with Harp, and they, you know, had to turn all that off. So probably, and they just yeah. didn't think to. Yeah, they forgot to unschedule the tweet. Or they're just being, or they just wanted people to talk about that instead of, you know, something else shitty Trump is doing. It was. I mean, it's just ads. such a coin flip whether it's 4D chess or just fucking ineptitude every yeah. time. When yeah. the president yeah. gaslights the country, that adds to our carbon emissions. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> folks! I'm finishing my coffee and I'm I'm turning on. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where should we where should we take this conversation? I, is there any chance you guys get rid of Morrison? Uh, is there any any like emergency measures that might prop up? I mean, well, so the thing about how the Australian parliamentary system works is that the prime minister is not an elected position, so he's an elected MP, but that's chosen within the party. So you can get rid of the PM anytime you want, as long as the party gets rid of him. So like we had the last couple of years, the parties have just been dumping their prime ministers the moment they drop below a certain amount in the opinion polls. So we had like... Well, you went through five uh, in like four years or something, right? It was a really short amount of time. The Labor Party had one guy, they hated him, they brought in a woman, they hated the woman, they brought that guy back, that guy lost an election, then <laughs> the Conservative Party brought another guy, they started tanking the polls, they brought in another guy, uh, and then we brought in another guy, because they started to hate that right, guy, because right, right. he was actually okay-ish on climate change. That's when Scott Morrison said, who wants to fucking grill? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, the, yeah, and Scott Morrison kind of ended up in there by mistake, because the whole coup against the last Prime Minister was led by... A completely different man, uh, who it turns out was like one vote short of getting the majority he needed to end up as prime minister. Uh, so now we're stuck with this fucking guy, and theoretically, which I'm sure they will, that the parties now have sort of hamstrung themselves, where they still fundamentally believe that the best thing to do when you're slumping in the polls is to get rid of your prime minister. But also that it's become such a joke now how quickly we go through them that they don't want to be the party that does it first. So the <laughs> Labor Party just got theirs out of their system when they lost the last election. They got rid of uh, Bill Shorten. It was just sort of a wet patch of nothing and brought in another shitty idiot. Uh, so now these guys, the conservatives, have got one up their sleeve. So if it gets bad enough, theoretically, they could get rid of him. But the guy that would take his place is a fucking psychopath 
just this like gormless fucking Voldemort looking piece of shit <laughs> who is like he's a former cop, which is obviously one of the worst things you can be. Yeah. Uh he's been heading up our like insane offshore detention immigration centers. Um just completely fucking mirthlessly fucking very happy with putting people on these prison islands. There's footage of him from like uh, maybe five or six years ago now where he, th- he didn't realize he was being recorded or he was just making jokes about one of the Pacific Island nations near Australia having water lapping at their door because of rising sea levels. And he was just like, that's the funniest thing in the world to me. So if we get rid of Scott Morrison, we're getting someone who is probably politically more canny and also just far more willing to do pretty awful things. So fingers crossed it doesn't happen, but it could. I mean, they're, they're dropping in the polls now. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they'd wait a little while, but yeah, there's nothing to stop it from happening. It's just kind of it's just not going to help anyone if it does. It's so rare I feel good about America's political situation that I do kind of mm. want to take a moment and just like relish in this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fun. <laughs> our, like, I mean, we've got the same problems in a lot of ways. Our, like... Uh, the Labour Party is just this super centre-left party that at the moment is attempting to regain heartland votes by just being the shittiest, most watered-down version of a Labour Party that you can. Fantastic. Oh, so it's yeah. Super, like, that they're works. boosting coal at the moment because they're, they're just terrified of losing votes because of uh, alienating people that work in uh, things like the mining industry and whatever. So just before these fires started, they were like, well... Should we really destroy Australia's beautiful, rare relationship with coal? Is coal so bad? <laughs> and then we had all these fires, and they were just like, uh, just don't look at us for six months. Just look at the government. Look at those guys. <laughs> the uh, Australian Green Party has been described to me as backpack greens. What d- Does that term mean anything to you, Or and what is what does that mean? What is backpack I have no idea what okay. that means. Okay, that's uh, what <laughs> I mean. Someone they, uh, described them. They like really nerdy hip hop. Yeah, yeah, they're like Kanye yeah. greens. Yeah, pink polo. <laughs> that's shirt. what I call the sort of. Uh, I mean, I guess sort of like our green party is being the you know sort of a an elite, um, you know, alternative lifestyle uh, niche of political activity that doesn't necessarily resonate. Is that fair to say about the green party, or is there what, what, what's your our greens are surprisingly good. Okay. Uh, there's definitely there's a demographic within greens voters that are fucking insane, where they're like socially conservative, extremely wealthy, uh, and just don't like it when trees near their house are cut down. But by and large, the greens are pretty good. The greens politicians we have are like the only people that have taken good stands on things like we've had a lot of issues with weird surveillance state problems in this country where there's been political consensus from Labour and the government where they've been like, yeah, we should just be able to sort of hack into anyone's computer, look at their phone records or whatever. It doesn't really matter. And the Greens are the only ones being like, that seems kind of fucked up, actually. I (laughs) object to our surveillance Roo program. Yeah, we don't need to strap a handy cam to the head of every kangaroo <laughs> and give them the keys to everyone's house. It's completely unnecessary. They have so uh, many they, places they to climate stuff. Uh, yeah, the greatest climate stuff is obviously amazing uh, because that's their whole thing. They've always been right, like, it hey, should we be. need to go about our missions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which, I mean, was like in the 80s, everyone was like, <laughs> what a fun thing to be focused on. What a frivolous 
trivial issue. And now that the whole country is burning down, we're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Might have been onto something there, actually. Uh, and they're also, for the most part, big time socialists, which is real nice. Uh, oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. A lot of our best, and in fact, maybe only good politicians are in the Greens, uh, but they are a minority party. They've got a handful of seats in the Senate. Don't think they have any seats in the lower house. Uh, or maybe we do. I don't know. Is Australia's uh, system like wrong. America's in that if you're not in one of the two parties, you essentially are a completely marginalized voice with no chance at power? Yeah, except uh, the way that ours has worked. We have almost, like, frequently for the last couple of elections, we've ended up with a parliament where the margins are very slim and the Greens have ended up sort of holding the... Ba- well, not the Greens, but all of the independent parties have ended up holding the balance of power. So while they don't, you know, they can't just submit a bill and get it on their own numbers, they do have the power to be like, hey, you need my vote to get this through. What are you going to do for me? Or like, I want you to change it this way or whatever. So they get a fair bit of influence that way. But I mean, they're not able to craft legislation from whole cloth or whatever, which is frustrating because it so would be they, nice they if they do did. the uh, uh, NPC in a Zelda game strategy of if, if you want my jar, you'll have to do my quest. 100%, yeah. They, they set you to find eight precious stones, and then uh, <laughs> when you come back, they'll vote for your, you know, fucking road rule bill or whatever. Yeah, it's probably not as fulfilling as it is in Zelda. Um, no. <laughs> I don't know, it's just weird if you think about it, because if you knew nothing about politics and you knew uh, 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 that the age we live in is just going to be entirely defined by uh, terrifying environmental crises every two months, you would think that all of the political parties based around that as their whole theme would have more going on for them. And yet they all seem like they're collectively eating shit. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this, theoretically, and I'm no political mastermind, but if Labour had just come out and be like, hey, look where we are. This fucking sucks. This is what we've said we'd do all along. This is an actual way to address what's happening. Uh, they might have done great, but they're so terrified about alienating, you know, Instead of the coal going industry for the that they're just like... coal vote. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all that they're doing right now. It is genuinely fucking terrifying, but this is just such a classic sort of Australian labor has never known the right thing to have a strong opinion on, and for the last five or six years, they've just been, like, lying on the floor hoping no one sees them. It's been great. How much of that is sort of the aftershock of the... It was Labour, right, who had the Prime Minister who got removed by the Queen for being too rock and roll? Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He was... uh, What's that fucking movie where... uh, Anders King Ralph. It was a King Ralph situation. <laughs> they were in these stately ballrooms playing rock and roll songs on the harpsichord, and then they got taken out. <laughs> yeah, no, this was. Uh, I, Patrick told us about this in one of, uh, yeah. one of our episodes a while back. But there was a guy who was a socialist, right? And then he was removed uh, by was the the Australian uh, monarchy or the the British? Yeah. So the the, the, the governor general is the the representative of the 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 Queen. The uh, realm of like, the hey, Commonwealth. I up. looked it up earlier. I knew this would well, come up. But has <laughs> make sure we didn't have our own queen separate to the British one. But you has wish. that sort of prevented labor from, has that made them sort of a bit uh, too cautious? I don't know if that's had too much of an impact on them now. I mean, yeah. it was long enough ago that <laughs> what's made them cautious is that they're just listening to fucking focus groups more than anything else. And the outcome of every focus group is like, 
50% believe one thing, 50% believe the other. So now they have no beliefs to try and cater to everyone. <laughs> Would it help if we and- ran a new and more radical queen to kind of push things in the right direction in this last-minute effort? Get Meghan Markle. We get Grimes. Yeah, she's pieced out. She's done. Uh, I assume that the queen that we've got now is going to live for another 100 years. She's, she's clinging on. But there is, like... A, Every now and then there pops up a renewed push to make Australia a republic. And every single time it happens, 90% of the voting population is like, but why? What, <laughs> what's the benefit? What do we get from this? And the answer is always nothing. <laughs> we get a different face on our, the back of our coins. Uh, and then, yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. How about a short queen? You know? Yes. Or, uh, yes. Or, uh, oh, I love this. Australia stands talk. a short queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh, man. Well, another thing I've heard is that the voting uh, turnout is it's almost compulsory, right? Voting in, it's in Australia. It's very literally compulsory. Yeah. You, yeah. Get a, you theoretically get a big ass fine if you don't vote. Although, when I was a young, apathetic man, I didn't vote a bunch of times and I never got the fine. You don't so, vote. A uh, oh, nice. kangaroo shows up to Take your door that, and cops. sets you on fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so, something yeah, the Greens right are against. Obviously, yeah, obviously, like a vast majority of, of the population is voting. Does that hurt or is that help the left, do you think? Um, I mean, it's a tough one. Uh, I think. It's probably better for everyone in the long run. You know, you don't get these demographic-specific voter suppression-style things. And, you know, you look at fucking voter suppression in the States where it's always either black communities, minority groups, whatever, people that are going to be more inclined to vote for the left are the ones that tend to be told, like, hey, you need 250 points of ID if you're going to vote here. Uh, So there's none of that here. Like, if you turn up and you don't have any ID on you, you don't have anything... It's not even the polling station for your electorate. You can just rock up. We have a thing called, it might just be called the right to vote. It's something, but there is a thing where you can just say, hey, this is my name. This is where I live. I would like to vote. I'm going to write this on a piece of paper. Here you go. Like they have to let you vote basically no matter what. Is there ever voter fraud because of that? Um, No. And I mean, that's like such a, like basically no one uses that. Most people just rock up and you say, hey. This is my last name. And they go, oh, yeah, there you are. And oh, then they put it yeah, down. Uh, and by rock up, you mean walk up? Uh, no, I mean rock up. I mean, there's he people sort of banging up. their heads, jiving oh. down. Okay. You know the cool. thing the queen uh, yeah. opposes? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What does rock up mean? It's what is it's happening? A, no, <laughs> is that not a common expression everywhere? Just like no, rock no. up somewhere. To Wait, turn up somewhere. Do you know what it means? Oh, wow. He just means we have rock up by baby. There, just just rock up. I've never heard this. Rock up and rock up. I'm learning stuff about other places, Alex. Roll. <laughs> what a beautiful, vibrant culture we have. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I like it. I'm gonna rock. Uh, the up. other thing, uh, we got preferential voting as well. Uh, which I don't know what you guys call that. Uh, when it's a numbered ballot, right? So, great choice. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Right. I mean the and voting that... block glow up. Uh-huh. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> which obviously that hum- helps with a bunch of shit where, like, you know, you can't just split the vote and then have some freak third party come in or whatever. Like, you go all of the the ones. Uh, counted and then if someone's won by the ones then you go down to the second blah 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 like it all filters through so you can like there's no way to spectacularly fuck up the vote by accident it's a pretty like 
consistent thing, which is nice. But then, yeah, you we end up in this sort of bland malaise of either center conservatism or slightly left of center conservatism, uh, which is why Australian politics are like not particularly extreme in any way. Right. It's just very middling. Hmm. Cool. But then it's not like the Dems are proposing fucking anything particularly crazy on the left, at least uh, not most of them. If ever we needed a dictatorship of the proletariat, it's now in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Look, fingers crossed it happens. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't have a lot of time left. Everyone grabs a musket, goes into the town square, <laughs> topples a statue, and then we start uh, shutting down coal-fired power plants. That's that's the dream. That's the dream, baby. All right. Do we have anything else to cover? Um, I don't have any questions. Uh, we are about an hour, so we can probably round this. I prepared out here. this episode. Fantastic. All right, um, <laughs> Ben. Thank you again for coming on. It has been an honor and privilege to hear about uh, the torrid state of affairs down under. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can listen to the podcast Bonda Vista. That's uh, I'll let you figure out the spelling on that. Uh, it's, <laughs> we talk mostly about Australian politics, but also just dumb shit in the Australian media. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Thomas Violence. Uh, that's all the places you can find me. You can find me at my house, and if you do that. I will give you a beer. Well done. Wow. Well done. Wow. I mean, I, 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 I just have to say that episode you you guys did uh, from a basement while most of the country was on fire outside is some of the most surreal and uh, interesting audio content I have ever consumed. And uh, nice. I, I loved it. So definitely check out their podcast. Fuck yeah. It's just lovely to be... Uh, surrounded by the, the the vague shadow of death and destruction at all times it really puts a fucking spring into your step you you guys are literally <laughs> the the painting of the dog in the he's at his table and everything's on fire and he's like it's fine and he says it's uh, fine yeah that's us we are the this is fine country from the painting <laughs> <laughs> that is my that political beautiful oil analysis painting. of your entire country at the moma <laughs> <laughs> it was just more like a comic right yeah i don't know yeah. why i thought it was a painting it's for sure not a painting <laughs> i right. man my i'm not working today my brain's not on right, i this, listen i've been holding back because i think that it comedically it's a bad instinct to talk to someone in another country and then you know, oh you're scottish let me do your accent and all this shit you know like it's uh you've heard you gotta all the, do it you've Look. heard all the jokes but i have been imagining i've been holding off doing jokes about kangaroos this whole time because it would be too it would on the nose it but simply I, can't be done but i'm imagining a kangaroo <laughs> uh being lit on fire like in hereditary when you throw the notebook into the fireplace right and then another one standing uh -huh. in front of it and doing the tony collette face right. that's just been what's happening in my brain the entire episode <laughs> and that's what's been what's happening in it's real life minus image. a notebook yeah <laughs> the notebook Except both of them are on fire in this situation society <laughs> uh this is coming out thursday does anybody have something to plug uh, at Andersley here on Twitter, I'll be at the Brooklyn Podcast Festival next week in Brooklyn, Union Hall, 8 p.m. for Story Collider, talking about how I was rejected as a sperm donor, unfortunately. And <laughs> I know this if story. You have a, <laughs> if you have a usable uh, voice, if you have a good voice, it doesn't have to be a good voice, actually. Anyone who can talk, please go to BernieSanders.com. And make some calls on the Bernie dialer. We're, they're getting to 5 million this month. I think it's going to happen. And I think Iowa might be won by Bernard. So I think he, Australians could possibly 
Uh, don't quote me on this, but <laughs> you could potentially. I am from Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My understanding of Americans is that they love to be told what to do by people from other countries. So oh, I think yeah. that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. We're totally into it. I mean, we would be, yeah, just thrilled that to hear from an Australian, I think. So. Do it for the laughs um, alone. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you know what? If, okay. The- if you're Australian, here's, here's what you do. Go on JoeBiden.com. Uh, log on to his dialer. Be the and, one person doing calls for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. And tell and tell all the Joe Biden potential voters about how many um, local milk people he will let into the country from Australia. Yeah, tell them the wrong day yeah. and shit. Yeah, tell them the wrong day. Yeah, yeah. these yeah. people are old; they don't know. Do crime. Uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. Listen to my other podcast, Balling Out Super, for all of the coverage of anime shows in this dark, dark hell time. Nice. Um, I'm also going to say, go uh, spread the good burn across our country. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, feel the burn. Just <laughs> not nice burn. Just go on fire with democratic socialism until you're a charred koala skull. Uh, uh, make that happen here. Uh, my other <laughs> podcast is called Why You Mad? And I am doing a live variety show with Street Fight in Columbus, Ohio. That oh, should be yeah. fucking badass on January 24th. That's coming up here. Um, I think you can still get tickets online, and uh, that's pretty much all I have. Other than that, sign up for our Patreon, support us, and listen to our uh, bonus episodes, and um, follow us on Twitter. Yep. At Feral Jokes at Pod Damn America. If that's you want to hear Anders' happy ending story, you got to subscribe. <laughs> you got to hear this crazy <laughs> story Anders told us about bike messaging and all sorts of other things. Sign up for that damn Patreon. All right. Well, that's the episode. Uh, stay safe out there, you dumb, dumb children. It is finished. It's finished.